This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. From Monaco to Indianapolis, Le Mans to Daytona, and everywhere in between. This is your one-stop shop for provocative motorsport talk. From the ITA Podcast Network, this is the Into the Paddock Podcast. Into the Paddock Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Into the Paddock podcast. For once, I have a full complement of co-hosts. <laughs> it's been a while, but we're all back. My name is Jordan Groves. I am joined by Mr. John Javicki. Hello, John. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while and it's been a drama, but he is back. And we are also joined after gallivanting off to Sebring, uh, Mr. Greg Meisner. Uh, a freshly sunburned. Greg Meismer. Well, you went to Florida. I mean, that comes. It was, it was unavoidable. I bet with all the rain that had been forecast, you were probably actually quite relieved. You know, it was, uh, the weather was nice. Like in the morning, it was a little cool. Uh, and then it would rain and kind of cool things down. And then the rain clouds would go away. And then it would just be 110% sun on everything. It was, luckily, we had a tent. I was under a tent most of the time. But, uh, but yeah, got a little, got a little color on the skin. Well, at the moment it's pink, so I can't really tell. Um, but <laughs> your skin yeah, like the, the lights. You like the ambient lighting I got going on? It, it looks like you're recording in a nightclub. It's really cool, and I love the product placement. But uh, thank anyway. you, thank you. Yeah, the 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 new triple screen setup uh, kind of allows for more more play on the <laughs> on the angles and things. Just don't accidentally open a bad tab, or we'll be um we'll be in trouble. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh yeah, just don't post that. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> that's for the um, that's for the behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> ITP after dark, baby. Oh yeah, let's get into it. Only fans here we come. Oh, um, we, we mentioned Sebring, <laughs> and it, we we probably have to start off with Sebring. Um, it was it was a busy weekend of motorsport, and Sebring was m- mental. More on the Saturday, but but Friday was pretty good too. Super Sebring, Greg, you were there. Uh, we'll get on to what you were doing professionally, but what was what was it like being there? Um, you know, I was I was obviously in Daytona in January for the for the Rolex, and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool. This is a this is a big party. Everybody's having a good time." Yo, Daytona has nothing on Sebring as far as the party atmosphere. Everybody's wearing costumes. Dudes like wearing cow costumes, handing beer out of their udders. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was just it was wild. It was wild. I've never seen that many like RVs and and campers in the same spot at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a sight to behold. You know, uh, I, I I think next time we go, I'm gonna stay because I left Friday. 
uh, the day after our race. I didn't get to really watch a whole lot of the racing action. Uh, so I think next year I'm going to ex- extend the uh, the stay like one or two days so I can I can have a chance to go down into the pig pen and and party <laughs> with those fucking animals. Uh, it was <laughs> it was wild. Some of the stuff we can't really get into on uh, on the podcast here. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, uh a sight to behold for sure. Was there any nudity? Um yes. <laughs> yes. All right, yes. I'll see you next year too. <laughs> yeah, come on down, bud. It's uh <laughs> it's a party. I remember the guys on the broadcast were what's that term ten? And they're like, yep, they've erected these structures uh, over their bus, and um, we know for sure they are not up to code. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If if anybody from OSHA went out to to Sebring on that weekend, people would be getting fines all over the place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, but I, I don't. You know, I'm not even going to say I don't think anybody got hurt. I know somebody got hurt. <laughs> that had had to have been there. There, you know. It was just, it was crazy. Like some of these campsites are super elaborate. They had, you know, like recliners and couches that definitely belong indoors. Uh, just kind of sitting on the ground and, and looking at them, you could tell like those things got a one way ticket to the track. <laughs> they are, they are not coming back to wherever they came from for sure. Uh, it was, it was wild. Well, seeing as that we were um, talking about, you being at Sebron, we'll quickly mention uh, the Mission and Pilot Challenge and then lead into what you were doing. Um, we had uh, Robbie Foley um, taking uh, Turner Motorsport to a 1 2 finish in the uh, GTS uh, class of the Mission and Pilot Challenge race with uh, Balletta as his teammate. Um, in the touring car class, you had, as I frank- uh, frantically scroll down, it was a KMW Motorsports with Lewis and Block. Uh, winning for Alfa Romeo, which I, I always love seeing the Alfa Romeo CCR car because it's it's rare now. It, it um, is, and I think that's the last one. It might well be. Like, like there's none in. Uh, there might be some in an elaborate European touring car championship or some description, yeah, but, but it's it's not common here. <laughs> yeah, and because they, 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 I think they had two, and then they wrecked one in Daytona, ruined it. I'm pretty no, sure. One. Don't don't quote me on this, but they got another one, and I think the one that they showed up with at Sebring is like the last one. <laughs> oh god well let's just hope that it lasts the rest of the season because it's obviously still quick <laughs> so it is let's just hope it doesn't get wrecked at all um so obviously you were there once again uh, as you were with daytona with uh core motorsports and operation motorsport uh what, what were you doing this time <laughs> uh pretty much the same thing they had me doing last time which was uh anything i would they would let me get my hands on really uh you know, putting taking wheels on and off the car and, uh, between sessions. You know, there's there's a long like checklist of things to get to when you bring the car back to the paddock area, and so just kind of going through and 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 checking things off that I'm you know confident in in doing, like draining the catch can, uh, wiping down the car during stops or during the race. Rather, I uh, I ran the lollipop, so that's a that's a load of fun helping get the. Uh, the pit box area set up between races. We were kind of talking about that <laughs> before the show. Uh, it was a little bit of, a little bit of hectic drama going on there in that department, but believe it at that. 
yeah. So yeah, just kind of anything they would let me uh, let me get my hands on. I, I I I feel like the team is getting more confident in my abilities to do things, and uh, and I, I don't get babysat as much as you know the first round in Daytona. But uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of hanging out and doing my thing. Cool, and and not the not the best uh, or not not the uh, most fun in terms of results. Um, uh, Core Motorsports were seventeenth uh, in class. So what 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 went wrong? Uh, a couple of contacts. We got we got some contacts with the uh, the BGB Racing Porsche. Uh, I think we had another one with somebody else. Kind of in the midst of all of that. Um. And then uh, a part of our suspension broke on the like next to the last turn on the last lap. Excuse me, beer making me burp. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So just a, a couple of contacts and a piece of suspension broke uh, on the last lap before the last turn, and we came across the line with our front two wheels perpendicular. But you know. Uh, that's just, that's the story of racing. I guess we, yeah. it, we, we came into the weekend feeling pretty confident because of the, the team won in that car during the VP challenge the week before, uh, Luca got a pretty good last lap pass to, to take the checkered flag. Uh, it just, unfortunately to, between weather during practice sessions and, and red flags coming out during qualifying, uh, it just, it, it just didn't didn't play out the way we uh i think we're expecting it to but you know we'll be back strong we're coming back for laguna seca and uh yeah hopefully hopefully we can make something happen there and laguna's what in in, in middle of april end of april uh may 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 oh blimey I didn't yeah yeah right. so we we got about a month we got about a month which uh which, which is good because they need to fix a car back at the shop <laughs> <laughs> But that that team is awesome. Uh, Chris and Matt, the the two guys that work at the shop full time, uh, those guys really know what they're doing. So we'll she'll be back. Excellent. You guys have the yeah. pace. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of hey, can we get a a clean run? Yeah, I think and actually so. be able to qualify. <laughs> I think so. I, I you know with with Bob and Luca both, they're both good drivers. Uh, I. I do think there's 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 got to be one in the cards for us uh, this year, whether it's whether it's Laguna Seca or beyond. But but uh, yeah, I think I think we can make something happen. They get a, a good team. Yeah. So continuing on with Sebring, obviously being Super Sebring, we had kind of two headliners. Uh, first of which being the a thousand miles of Sebring, the WEC race. Now this was interesting because this is the first round of this year's WEC season and the first time we've had a mixture of uh, LMDHs and um, the hypercars from WEC. Um, we kind of had an idea that obviously Toyota were going to be pretty quick um, throughout the weekend, being the team with the longest presence in, in the hypercar class. You know, they've been racing for the last couple of years with this car. So we, we thought, you know, it's probably going to be quite an easy uh, weekend for them. Uh, nobody told them. Uh, nobody told Ferrari that, at least in qualifying, <laughs> because I, I think it's, it's fair to say that it was a bit of a surprise to see uh, the fifty Ferrari 
get pole position, and it was a surprise to Toyota. They looked shell-shocked in the garage after qualifying. Um, right. Yeah, that was cool to see. Like, them, a, a new team, a new car come in and immediately look relatively on the pace. I mean, it's been the Toyota show for so long in the WEC. You know, it's it's everyone you know, was so excited about getting these new cars and we're like, all right, like you said, are we going to have some real competition now? Um, and then obviously put Ferrari putting on the pole was, um, was huge. I mean, we were all excited. I mean, obviously things changed <laughs> during the race, but, um, but no, I think it was so cool to see Ferrari, you know, the, the Peugeots, the Cadillacs, Porsche. I mean, there's so many just different, manufacturers out there in that top class um it, it's and it's not it's not done yet too and we've got lamborghini um the the one that i can't remember it sounds like a italian guy's name it's um, Frascini. there you go <laughs> say but, that uh, one more time yeah <laughs> it's sota Frascini. Fry. you've been practicing that <laughs> yes Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, In the mirror at night, <laughs> you've been you've been waiting to say that for weeks, haven't you? <laughs> but uh, no, I think that I mean, and um, regardless of the outcome, I mean, it was still see cool to see all those cars out there competing. Yeah, yeah. As you say, it, it did go the other way in the race because Toyota very Toyota took it personally, being <laughs> uh, <laughs> qualifying and ended up winning by two laps, but um. You know, it it was. I was expecting it to be something like that, but to see Ferrari come in and actually have a fast car in terms of at least one lap pace, you know, it's 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 hard to build a fast car. You know, so so for them to be in the ballpark is fine, and and right. you know the the other teams didn't look too far off either. Um, yeah, I think you know the BOP is staying the same for a little bit. I, th- I think they're not changing BOP until after Lamar. Um, but I, I I don't think it'll be too long before this series starts kicking off, and Toyota start having some heavy competition on their hands. Right. I don't mind Toyota. It's just it's like it's the Tom Brady effect. You know, they constantly win, so you just you hate them. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> you want to see somebody else win. But I um, was really rooting for the Peugeot man. Like that, just just purely based on looks. I love right. the way that car looks. It looks the, like a mohawk, like with no like a picture, no wing like, on the back. Like, and so where our, where we were at on our paddock area, we were right up against the fence down the Ullman Strait. So the long straight leading down into Sunset, and yeah, they 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 looked fast. They looked fast, but. You know, I guess it, it didn't really work out for them, did it? I was gonna say it's <laughs> a shame. It, they looked fast, but it's a shame they weren't really. Yeah, it's no, disappointing too. I mean, how long? I mean, they they literally have been doing this for how long, and they still like I feel like they haven't strung together like a full race without some sort of issue. Well, this um, is their first full season. They joined halfway right. through last season, so they've got a little bit of a running start. But you've got to think with such a radical concept of car, you know it. Yeah, the the regu- uh, the regulations for a WEC open the open teams up to be able to do stuff like this. But when your car looks that different, it's kind of like the Mercedes last year. It's either going to be really good or right. really shit. Um, <laughs> and the Mercedes and- this year. And- <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll get on to that. But yes, um, <laughs> you know, they show they've shown flashes. Peugeot have shown uh, flashes of being relatively decent. So uh, right. it's just going to be interesting to see them get to a point where they might be up there because it's such a different car. I hate it personally, but <laughs> really, I, I don't like it at all. Um, oh come it's, on! It's man. cool, like from an idea. I just don't like it. <laughs> I like everything about it. I like the taillights. I like the fins. I like the yeah. no wing. I like the colors. I I, I like good. everything. I like everything about that car. <laughs> I, All I'm, I can see yeah. is like picture of mo- like if it was in the movie Cars, it would have a mohawk. It would have a mohawk. It would be a mohawk. Like, it be a rocker. It looks like a. <laughs> Like Rufio from uh, from yes, Lost, is it? Yes, <laughs> is it Lost? It's not Lost Boys. No, uh, uh, Peter Pan. Uh, the, the live Peter action. Pan. Is it? Yeah, Hook. 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 Yeah, Hook. just Hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rufio from Hook with the trihop. Rufio. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm the not perfect. gonna be able to unsee that. Yeah. No, Rufio. I, I. Rufio. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that thing. I want him to do well. I really want him to do well. So, um, yeah, so ultimately Toyota took a 1-2 uh, with um, the 7 coming home ahead of the 8. Uh, Kobayashi, the team manager, still weird, um, <laughs> managing to uh, pass Buemi during the pit stop sequence, I think, on one of the final pit stops and uh, managing to get home. It was it, it was funny seeing Buemi basically told, you're too slow, get out, um, which was interesting. Um, Ferrari, the pole sitter 50 car, uh, they, they did a little bit of Ferrari strategy at the start, uh, pitting under the first caution when, uh, the, um, AF Corsa GTE decided to invert itself out, out of turn one. Uh, they decided to pit during that safety car period and put themselves in traffic, which wasn't the smartest thing in the world, but Ferrari gonna Ferrari, I guess. Um, but they managed to get a podium in third place with a number 50 car of Fuoco, Molina and Nielsen. Uh, Cadillac fourth ahead of the Porsche Penske's. Um, Cadillac still is the best sounding car of WEC. If there's nothing else, <laughs> um, but they look they look decent. It was tough. I mean, it was basically you had Toyotas, and then you had everyone else racing. You know, yeah. but but they did. I mean, hit them and, and Porsche and the Ferraris within that group looked uh, to be competitive with each other. So. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, only only ten seconds between the Cadillac and the Ferrari at the end of the race. Uh, so yeah, they're they're decently close. It's just yeah, as you'd expect, Toyota had a little bit of a margin at the moment, but that'll change. Right. Um, it wasn't such a good race for the other GTPs. Uh, you had the Glickenhaus uh, retiring uh, after only sixty two laps. You had both yeah. Peugeots basically just having a nightmare. Um, where did the Bicoles car finish? It did it finish, so that was good. Um, yeah. Van Wall, Van Wall. There it is. Oh, never mind. It was 30 after 215 laps. So it wasn't great. 24 laps down. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. <laughs> it's kind right. of like, it's. it feels like, you know, the, the Van Wall and the Glickenhaus are very, uh, as we said on a show recently, they're, they're no, there's no hybrid. So it kind of feels like they're LMP 1.5. Right. So, yeah, I personally don't really see how they're going to really be able to keep up with the likes of Porsche, Caddy, Ferrari, and Toyota. But they're there, I guess. And good fields are good fields. 
something else to look at. Yeah. <laughs> um, LMP2, um, Hertz Team Jota got the win. Obviously, this is prior to them moving up to GT, uh, to GTP, LMDH, Hypercar, whatever you want to call it. They're all the same thing. Uh, this is prior to them moving up there um, in a couple of races time once they get their customer Porsche in. Uh, but cool for them to get the LMP2 win ahead of United Autosports and Prema. Um, Speaking of very Tom briefly, Brady, want to didn't Tom out. Brady just, is it Tom Brady that just signed a deal with Jota? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, the Brady just brand talking. is on the car, yeah. It's like... <sighs> Hundred dollar jam pajamas. If you look, if you want to look it up, <laughs> I wondered what it actually was. Is it is it clothing? It's like it, yeah. It's like uh, leisure gear, but it's all you know. It's like a hundred bucks for a get hoodie. out of here. Get out of here. I can't. You know, I already have an issue with buying, you know, sports car jerseys. So <laughs> I can't add I'm, Tom Brady's. I'm I'm not really luxury leisure. <laughs> I'm not really a football fan. But I did see that video of him kissing his like nine-year-old son on the mouth on TV, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> ooh, yeah, not a not a fan of that." <laughs> That's not the direction I expected this would go in, but you know, it it happens. That's all I think about when I think of Tom Brady is like, <laughs> just geez, dude, it's weird. It's a little weird. Wearing Uggs, there was some. Oh yeah, he does wear Uggs. He made it popular for man Uggs. I'm like, ah, come on. Anyways, enough, enough dogging on Brady. You know, (laughs) but yeah, he's a he's a sponsor for their for their car. The car looks very good, but now I'm not going to be able to think of it um, in any other way. Um, Good, good job. I (laughs) I wanted you to feel what I feel every time I hear the name Tom Brady, which is just. (laughs) Discussed. <laughs> yeah. Um, LMP2 was probably moving on from that as quickly as possible. Moving. <laughs> um, yeah. L- <laughs> I've completely lost words. LMP2 was probably the best race within the within the WEC race, um, you know, as it was at Daytona in IMSA. Um, it basically came down to fuel mileage at the end. It looked like Prima were going to win it in the 63 car, but ultimately they ended up finishing third. Do want to shout that out because um, the former slash current, depending on the series they're racing in, uh, Iron Dame uh, Dorian Pin was in that car with Mirko Bortolotti and Daniel Kvyat, and their podium means that she is the first woman to finish on the podium in a prototype category in WEC, which is really nice. Cool. Nice, nice. Um, I didn't yeah, realize Daniel Kvyat was, that was, that was there this really weekend. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, Formula One drivers. Obviously, you had Kubica, um, you had Villeneuve, anyway. Um, you had <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of people there. <laughs> Antonio, yeah, Antonio Joey Venazzi was there too, right? Doesn't he race for a Ferrari? Italian Jesus himself, yeah. Yep. yeah. Joe Venazzi. Um, yeah, and, and continuing on the theme of uh, the uh, women in racing as well, it whilst they didn't have the best race, the GTE qualifying was spectacular with uh, Iron Dame's claiming pole position and Sarah Bovey's pole laps, where she was getting so close to the wall on the exit of Sunset, was fantastic. She drove the shit out of that thing. <laughs> so it's, it's such a shame that they, the race didn't go well for them. They got damaged after running wide out of turn one, I believe it was, and had to had to pit for a couple laps. But it's really cool to see underbody. They hit, they 
went into the dirt on uh yeah on turn one wide and the underbody just exploded like you just yeah. saw because like, <laughs> it was uh him and or her and ben and ben keating that at one point looked like the only two people racing out there in yeah. gte and, and looked like it was going to be like that for 12 or you know, eight hours whatever it was going to be um so like me being a corvette fan like like i was i'm not gonna say happy to see them go through that but obviously you know corvette was then um you know in first um but uh but as a racing fan to see them going back at it because i think they were you were mentioning how those two because what ben keating used to drive the aston um last year i forget which was team um i don't know they were obviously in the what the dames did the ferrari last year before switching over to porsche but they're doing lamborghini and imsa so It's what just pick one of each, right? Let's try them all. Yeah, like it. they're but, doing uh, the iRacing racing thing of picking the meta car each that's time. That's right. So. Which ones has the best BOP? <laughs> but um, no, I, I I think um, it was fun, and then you know, kind of like the Toyota situation, it turned into like Corvette being up by you know a lap, almost uh, if not more, on the field, and they pretty much had it in the bag. I don't want to. I want to say like halfway through the race, but. Uh, but no, cool. Uh, cool to see. Um, obviously, cool to see Corvette taking a W. Yeah, as important two, to my by flag. two laps in the end. Yeah, two laps. <laughs> two laps. Uh, yeah, it's the winning. Uh, they won the final uh, race for that car in that class on American soil. Because uh, obviously, Beautiful. the rest of the season's obviously out of the U.S. And uh, by the time they come in next year, it'll be the new GT3 Plus regulations. So. Yeah, it was it was cool to see them up there and and Keating. Yeah, he looked in a class of his own, as did uh, Veroni and Katzberg. Like, yeah. Stomped it basically. Um, it was uh, Dempsey Proton Racing finishing second, as I said, two laps down uh, with Kessel Racing uh, rounding out the podium. Um, yeah, in 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 years past, haven't enjoyed WC as much. Um, the flashes are there that this could get really good as well, but yeah, it was it was a good race. It was pretty good. I think one thing that stood out to me, well, two things. I know we talk about broadcasting a lot, and I think we were even <laughs> chiming in on our Discord how um, it seemed as though the announcers were making excuses for some of the teams because this wasn't a your typical European track, and you know how it was very difficult. And I heard just, that a it, few it times off, too in the uh, highlights. Yeah, it gave off kind of like you know this dirty American track, uh, you know. Yeah. Good riddance will be on to more spectacular stuff on the other side of the pond, but maybe that's just us paranoid Americans. <laughs> but but um, that the bumps, then, the bumps are like the characteristic of Sebring, exactly. Right? Yeah, like not only is it a difficult track, but it's also bumpy as shit. Right, so you better make a I good solid car. I think it's fun. To, I think it's it's cool that the whole history behind that track, that being the next. Um, what uh, bombing uh world war bomber ii training yeah bomber bomber training. training facility yeah but um and then on top i think the other thing that i took away from it was getting to see watching both the WEC race and then watching imsa the next day the difference in cautions so you have the full course yellow procedures with the WEC versus the you know full course yellow with and maybe i'm saying them wrong but um totally opposite and, and and to be quite honest with you i'm kind of mixed on it because a like i i like how 
quickly things get rolling again with the WEC. You know, there's a flag, there's a yellow, people pit, they go back out, and they're back to racing real quick. Um, and then, obviously, you have IMSA, where full course yellow, okay, we do how many laps, and then, okay, now let's send in the GTPs. Okay, LMP2s, all right. Um, however, it, you you know, you saw how big of a lead Toyota and Corvette had over the field, whereas that same caution procedure in IMSA allows teams to catch back up to that lead lap and allows teams to have a, you know, a, a chance to get back into the race. Although it was absolute carnage <laughs> in IMSA. <Yeah. laughs> but um, so like, I, I like aspects of both of them. I, it's hard for me to say like which one I prefer. Cause like, you know, I, I think the racing sometimes is, is better when you have those full course yellows like IMSA has, but, but that's that was what I kind of was looking at, and I know I'll shout out Alan Paris, one of our Mad Sim Racing buddies. Uh, he's he's all for the 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 uh, yellow procedures in in WEC. So, anyways, I don't know how you guys feel. Well, you know, I've you you feel I sometimes feel like the wave around procedure in him. So maybe maybe the WEC method's a little bit more true to endurance racing perhaps. Cause you know, you didn't always used to get this, but it's inarguable that the IMSA race was a better show and right. it was still an endurance race. It was just a 12 hour sprint race. Yeah. There was a lot of yellows. It was a really messy race. Oh, but, yeah. So I, I think the fact that there were so many yellows maybe highlighted how long these procedures take more, but when, when like you have a normal race, weekend. Yeah. It was like that all week. Oh, there was wrecks everywhere. With just wrecks happening all over the track, <laughs> like every single session. But yeah, you, you, I feel like when you have races that are a little less chaotic, the the IMSA method shines because you know it it does it. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but it does ultimately allow the racing to carry on a lot more. Um. Yeah, so qualifying for the Sebring 12, Cadillac locked out the front row uh, with uh, the Whelan Engineering 31 beating the number one Chip Ganassi car. Um, and then the race began, and then the cautions began. It was it was wild. It, it was utterly wild. I, even now, I can't recall everything that happened. But obviously, you know, it was good to see after, because obviously Daytona, it looked like Acura had a bit of a march on everyone, and then it turns out the Mayor Shank racing car was cheating. Um so we were wondering, <laughs> oh, now they're not cheating. Is it going to be a bit more, you know, is it, is it going to be like the last couple of years where every team looked a little bit closer? And throughout the race, they did. You know, yeah. you, you, all of the GTPs at least looked like it, all of them had stages where they were up the front or leading. And BMW, mercifully, who looked so far off at Daytona, both from reliability and speed, they were running in the top five for a significant portion of this race. Like on merit, they were staying there. Um, so it just looked a lot better this time out. You know, the teams have a bit more understanding of their cars. Now the pace is, is closing in on all of them. It was a really good show in GTP. It's just a shame how it ended. Um, so we'll talk now like about the, the most controversial part of the race, the big one, which feels weird to say at Sebring, um, the top three GTP cars, the two Porsches and the Konica Minolta Acura taking themselves out along with several GT cars. What did we think? It was, uh, 
18 minutes left from, in the race, and you got to fucking go for it, man. You got to yeah. go for it. Sacrifice the body. Do what you can. Wreckers or checkers, baby. We're going. Right? I think like, for all of us racers, we all had it, it, PTSD. It's like that right, image. Like, I mean, the, the, the cat the looking off in the distance, and there's Vietnam's going on in the background. But yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> the the know, crash was terrible. <clears throat> yeah, the crash was terrible. It, it 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 looked like amateur hour out there going off into the grass right there before turn three, and then uh, you know just sailing through the whole pack. <laughs> They're trying to make the turn in. Uh, Hit one. But, how many cars? Yeah, three, and then had a couple. Because I know they they wiped DT3s. out into the uh, into the the Ferrari and the Corvette. Um, I know they were. Corvette was especially upset because they, I mean, again, like their sister team, they were running in first most of that race. I mean, they had it pretty much locked down. I think they had a rear damper issue towards the end. Um, and they kind of went, I think, almost a lap down. And then, you know, due to the, the full course yellow, they were able to get right back up there. Um, and then I think on that final, you know, before that last caution, um, I know Antonio Garcia was just talking about how, they, they were just getting hit left and right. It's just, but like you said, records are checking. <laughs> Go for it. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I think, uh, I think Taylor said the same thing, right? Like I would go for that move again and again and again, every time it's, it's gotta happen, right? You're 18 minutes left to go of a 12 hour race. You're shooting for the win. You're not trying to get second, you know, oh, no. you're not trying to get third. You want, you want the top of the podium. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 it is what it is. I know a lot of people had a lot of shit to say about it, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think if I were in his position, I would have made the same move coming out of one trying right. to get the, trying to get the lead back, but it happens. That's racing, baby. You got to go I'm, for it. I'm very reluctant to blame anyone for it really, because it's yeah. kind of very similar to how I felt about when, um, McLaughlin and Grosjean crashed at St. Petersburg in the IndyCar race. You know, you're coming down to the end of the race mm-hmm. and you've got to make a move. And, and, you know, the opportunities don't come up that much, especially with all the lap traffic. And then you've got the fact that it's an endurance wave race with the lap traffic. It's going to be a cluster. Um, and then you count, then you put in the fact that it's Sebring, it's at the end of Sebring, everyone's knackered and it's at night, you know? So it's just, you know, it's just part and parcel of the racing that they were having, you know? Yeah. An argument could be made that the Porsche cut off the, the Cadillac, uh, the Acura and put them on the grass. An argument could be made that the Conoco Monoto car should have waited. You know, they, they were all going to have to fight through that traffic and there was, you know, right. there, it wasn't the last lap. But I, I'm reluctant to, to, you know, the racing was spectacular all race because of stuff like that. And it's it's a shame it ended that way. But what it did give was a very unique situation. So ultimately from that, the uh, 31 car, which in itself had come back from um, issues and damage early on, uh, the 31 car for Wheelan Re- Engineering Racing managed to come home to win with Pippa Durrani, Alexander Sims, and Jack Aitken. Um, then BMW. Uh, they were on course to at least get a top five, but they end up getting second with uh, Conor De Filippi, Nick Yaloli, uh, and Sheldon Vanderlinde, and then in third. <laughs> and I was delighted about like I was I, I was rooting <laughs> oh yeah I, I was rooting for Porsche sure like, I really wanted them to win because I wanted you know oh a new team coming in it'd be great for them to win. And then I saw who was 
driving the car that was finishing third, and it's the LMP2 Tower Motorsports behind the wheel with Scott McLaughlin, obviously co-driven by John Ferrano and Kiffin Simpson. They themselves coming back from heavy damage earlier on. Scott McLaughlin said he'd just come out of the shower to see that his car no longer had a wing on it. <laughs> they end up getting the LMP2 win and an overall podium. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. I, you love to see it. And that's, uh, that's Sebring for you, I guess. You know, just wrecks and wrecks and wrecks. And you can claw back. You just got to be consistent. You know, well, more importantly, Scotty McLaughlin for all uh, us i racers gave mm. us the greatest verification that we could have all received. Saying, oh yeah, he validated all shout our out, <laughs> shout out how he he gave credit to i racing for managing multi car uh, racing. And then, I mean, we're all fucking racers. I'm a pro racer yeah, now, so I'm are a, you and you. I'm a, I mean, we're all yeah, we're there. Yeah, where's my paycheck? So, thanks, Scotty. Uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> but 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 more more importantly, I mean, it's it's cool to see um that kind of shout out because you know we all you know uh, us with our in our rigs, we're all doing the show from our rigs right now. Um, you know, we all like to think we're professionals, but I think it's it's anytime someone mentions anything that like anything that we're doing in iRacing racing has any sort of you know, uh, effect or can help in real racing. We all, we all jump on it and gravitate towards it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, Tyler Beeman will be all over this one in their show this Friday. So I don't want to steal too much of their thunder, but <laughs> it's, it's great. It's the second time that, that, um, uh, McLaughlin has, uh, validated my, uh, my, uh, hobby in the last couple yes. of weeks because i beat him in an mx5 race a couple of weeks ago so i am super <laughs> license eligible now you heard it that's right um, got him <laughs> but yeah that, yeah without saying too much about the sim racing because as you say i'm sure they're going to talk about on into the apex but it's just further validation that sim racing is the sort of thing that will i've often said it will end up complementing karting in the like the the experience that you get moving up through your racing career and it, it'll help give drivers running starts with learning tracks or as as scott said learning how to how the patterns of multi-class traffic work so yeah mm-hmm. really cool to see um so yeah tower motorsport end up getting third uh, the win in lmp2 uh second place in lmp2 to tds racing with third going to era motorsport um four cars on the lead lap i think 10 seconds between them by the flag so yeah we, it, that, again I, the lmp2 race after the gtps um deleted themselves it was probably the most consistently excellent race throughout um what else uh lmp3 wasn't wasn't the greatest <laughs> you had the terrifying moment of the lmp3 oh. facing backwards on lap one and somehow not being collected by the entire gt3 field um then you had an lmp3 i think it was the 38 lmp3 running over the uh one of the porsche penske gtps under caution whilst getting a wave around that was one of the single most moronic things i've ever seen behind the wheel of a race car in a long time um wait what happened so it was under caution you had an lmp3 that had been given the wave around on the start finish straight Mm-hmm. And he just clean runs into the back of one of the Porsches in the safety car cr- um, queue. Debris. Awesome. And then rips Body the back damage. off of that car, rips yep. the front off of his car. Awesome. Yeah. Which car was it? Uh, I believe it was, I, I think it was the 
the seven. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think Campbell or Christensen was in the car at the time. So miraculous, they were able to get it fixed because they were obviously in the running for the win toward the end. But you know, we said this in Daytona, and I'm going to say it every single time, even though it looks like it's going to happen anyway. So I don't really need to say it, but I enjoy it. LMP3 shouldn't be in this series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just. I like LMP3s are cool. I like the concept. I like that it's, you know, the people who don't normally get to race get the opportunity to. And obviously, more cars is good. Yep. IMSA's They growing. sound awesome. They do. They, they probably uh-huh. sound the best in the field if you ignore the caddy. Like, I'd, I'd agree right. yep. there. Um, but obviously, you know, we heard from the IMSA president, John Doonan, during the broadcast that they were going to be making some announcements about the future of IMSA going forward. And part of that related to LMP3's presence. I think with the rapid expansion of GTP entries and obviously you've got GT3s continuing to be huge fields, I think it only makes sense that LMP3 will probably fall off of the the list. Um, you know, they're only there for the endurance rounds and it very much feels like at the moment they're a convenient field filler. Um, right. The sooner they go, the better, to be honest, because they're just, <laughs> you, know, ev- you know, every other class has a distinct pace difference between them and they and they work better racing against each other and lmp3 is just an inconvenience it, where I'd, do they where else do they race the lmp3 other than is it, don't they do that what's it the new vp racing uh they do series? they do they do i mean that'd be my i mean keep them there or i don't know it i, I mean the problem is that the the pilot challenge field is so large between GTS and TCR. I don't know if there's even a place if they could be the top class. I, I don't know if that's too big of a speed different. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it needs to just maybe stay <laughs> with the the VP Racing series. Uh, but like you said, there's there's so many damn entries from GT3 or GTP. I think that there's no need for them anymore mm. whatsoever. Yeah. Sorry. Keep the LMP2 though. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the LMP2. Mercifully, IMSA have said in the past that they they're very committed to keeping the LMP2 product down track, and that's excellent because they're consistently awesome races. Yeah, um, and you know, and they're designed for the you know the 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 gaps between the pace. It works well, like they slot perfectly in the middle of GT3 and GTP. So they're great. They just need to. Right. They just need to fuck off LMP3. Um, <laughs> But uh, Riley uh, managed to get the win in the 74 car, so hooray for them. GT3s, um, the win would ultimately go the way of FAF Motorsports uh, with uh, Vantor, Pile, and Bachler uh, getting the win by two seconds because GT3 is close. Who knew? Um, the 14. Did you, did you think? Did you think FAF was going to win? After all this uh, BOP drama from Daytona and no. people pulling their Porsches out of the IMSA lineup and all that shit. Well, and they wrecked their car in qualifying. Like a big wreck on, yeah. on yeah. turn one, too. That, yeah. It's a good, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it should have been Corvette, but that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could agree with you, but I'm definitely wearing a Mustang on my shirt. So That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to separate. If it's not guys. a Corvette, I'll, I'll root for a Mustang. You know, I, I mean, I'm a Mustang Ford guy, but whatever. Well, um, <laughs> I'm outnumbered. We'll save this um, feud for another day. <laughs> um, Vassar <laughs> Sullivan managed to take second in the Lexus uh, with the 14 car. Uh, WeatherTech Racing 
uh, finishing third. Yeah, as you say, after all the controversy of Daytona and the car still wasn't wasn't great here, but you know they were good enough to win. Uh, it was chaos, sure, and as you say, it, it could have and should have been the Corvette, if not somebody else. But yeah, it was it was good to see them up there. Um, just off of the podium was the Iron Links car with um, Pereira, Pepper, and Grosjean at the wheel. So yeah, that was GT GT three. So a, I think we would all say that the IMSA race. race was better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People people keep sleeping on IMSA. Oh yeah. No, I think entertainment wise, absolutely. I mean, e- even if it's just for the pure the pure carnage fact. I mean, there was a lot of carnage. <laughs> NASCAR fans would like it, you know. But no, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed both, but. I mean, also an IMSA fanboy too. So, Wick, Wick just doesn't excite me. IMSA, IMSA races on better tracks, honestly. You know, and yeah, it's just it's. I don't know, and and, and like you were saying earlier, John, the the Wick commentators taught you know being a little pretentious about their their silky smooth European racing surfaces. That's right. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, we're hey, we're we're two yeah. and zero against you guys. World Wars. Sorry, George. <laughs> Not World Wars. We're two no against again against you. Uh, you know, <laughs> Great Britain. Right, you you dirty redcoats. Anyways, if, if I didn't prefer <laughs> U.S. racing, I'm sure I would be offended. Um, like we said, you're you you're uh, okay. So the pay- past previous shows, you're an American. Been, the the all the previous shows we've been offending like states inside the United States. <laughs> Now we're That's working on entire continents. Opinion. Yeah, fuck it. The whole, yeah. whole, the whole thing over there. All of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a, a, a month now until the next IMSA action, and we're not going to a smooth track. We're going to Long Beach. <laughs> so, um, you know, we thought Sebring was chaos. Now we're taking the GTPs to, um, to Long Beach. So um, that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Work hard. <laughs> I don't see how they're going to fit the hairpin. Oh, big it's, it's going to be awful. I, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm upset that the Michelin pilot doesn't race Long Beach. I, I really wanted awesome. to go touring yeah. car racing really, Long Beach. Yeah, I really wanted to go to that, but unfortunately, <laughs> we don't go. Next race is until Laguna Seca, which is I mean, it's fine with me. That's another amazing track. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you're getting you're getting to go to some hella race tracks this year, like. Yeah, 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 you've had Daytona, Sebring, Laguna Seca, and then Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate yeah. you. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and sprinkled in there somewhere is uh, the uh, Detroit Street Circuit and the IndyCar weekend. Hmm. Yeah, and then Indianapolis later on. Yep, and Road Atlanta. We hate you, basically. So and um, Canadian Tire Motorsports, Road America, Park, Road America VIR. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not getting to go to Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta because my brother's getting married. Uh, oh, I told him just meet the wedding there. Like I said, I mean, do you like yeah. him that much? I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Uh, you know, it's it's been for the past for the past few months. That's you know been one of my my heavily thought about dates is like, and I make both. Can I do both? But I think if I did both, I'd have to leave 
uh, Petit Le Mans early and then land, like get a plane to Houston, land, and then immediately get a car, like hop in a car and drive straight to North Texas to go to this wedding, like five <laughs> hours away. Uh, yeah, it just, it would be, it would be difficult. You know, we'll see where we are in the points come that time of the season. If, uh, if our luck turns True. around and we're pretty high in the points and we might be looking at a championship win, then, you know, you know, yeah, something we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, whilst we ruminate that, we're going to go for a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about formula one racing, um, somewhere that ideally they shouldn't, but anyway, uh, we'll be back, uh, just after this. With half the show gone, there's still half the show still to go. This is the Into the Paddock Podcast. The Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network is a weekly destination for motorsport fans with a range of shows that cover sim racing to real racing created by and for those passionate about this sport. The Into the Apex Podcast closes the week with a hangout, a regular go-to for the sim racing and motorsport community with road shows year-round at select motorsport circuits. The Slow Motion Podcast brings broadcaster Adam Thompson and a range of sim racers together for a deep dive into all things sim racing. The End of the Paddock podcast covers all real motorsport, wrapping up the weekend action and setting the stage for the next. Our shows and hosts are uncensored. They can say what they think. This is Provocative Motorsport Talk. Thank you for being a part of the crew. This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Into the Paddock podcast. We are in our second half of the show. Uh, whilst we have you, be sure to uh, head over to the uh, Mad Sim Racing website and also to um, the uh, Mad Sim Racing Into the Apex YouTube channel so you can see our video um, portions of this if you want to see what we look like. I don't blame <laughs> you if you don't. That's not good. We have no, faces me, radio. Yeah. I'm beautiful. I don't know. I mean, you're you're beautiful, but that's fine. My mom always said I was handsome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm what's known as man pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's an image. Um, And there's the the new subscription, too. Yes. Still working out some details on it. So we'll be, I'm sure, well, probably that's going to be our OnlyFans portion for the subscription. Come give us a dollar. We don't know what we're going to give you yet. But uh, I'll show you. It'll speed. be something, you know. It'll be something. It'll yeah. it'll be worth your ninety nine cents a month. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it worth it. We'll make it, even if it's just us sending you a dollar back. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, it's either it's either that or feet so far. But let, yeah, yeah. Go, go, yeah, go um check us out and also check out our other affiliated podcasts on the network because they're all great. Um, yeah, 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> shilling over, let's talk about uh, Formula One, uh, because they raced um, in a, a place um, <laughs> for their second round. <laughs> mercifully, <laughs> mercifully, no no missiles this time in Saudi nope. Arabia. No um, explosions so, in Saudi Arabia uh, this time? Immediately better than last time. The only rocket launch we had was at Sebring, and that was a good one. So um, that was that was good. Um, I got to watch that. That was cool. Did you? Yeah, yeah. It was right after our. I, I guess it was Thursday night, right? Like that, after so they had done. one during no, no. during the WEC race as well, but they had like three during the week or something like yeah, that. Yes, yeah. we were hanging Florida. out in the camper, like <laughs> cooking cooking hamburgers and stuff, and we all looked up and we're like, "Oh shit!" Somebody, some <laughs> assholes launching a rocket out in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Elon again. Um, yeah. But yeah, so mercifully, no no rocket launches this time. But Saudi Arabia, I I don't hate the track to drive. I don't particularly like it to race because uh, it's you know DRS trains and it discourages anyone overtaking anywhere else. Because why do it when you got DRS? We entered the weekend kind of expecting it to be a Red Bull domination, given Red Bull's uh, pace in Bahrain and how quick they were in a straight line last year here. Things took a turn during qualifying, and I think everyone, even Max Verstappen fans, probably thought, yeah, this is good because it's going to make it interesting. So Max Verstappen uh, ended up not making it through to Q3 um, when in Q2 his drive shaft let go, meaning that he would have to start 15th. Um, Couple that with a 10-place grid penalty for Charles Leclerc due to engine changes, because Ferrari reliability is already making me weep. Um, and you had the potential for a bit of a mixed-up grid. Um, ultimately, Sergio Perez would get pole position, his second in Formula 1 and his second in succession at Saudi Arabia, um, with Charles Leclerc originally having qualified second before his penalties, thus moving Fernando Alonso up to the front row. Um, what did we fit? Did, did, did you guys share the sentiment of... Oh, good. At least Max is going to have some BOP now. Or... Right. <laughs> Let's watch him race to the front again. That's that's what I thought. You know, he he did it a couple times last year. Um, yeah, that's, so that's totally what I yeah. thought too. Was, the... I was like, it does it does. He's got the rest of the field on easy mode right now. Right. Hmm. Have you seen I mean, those videos people post? Yes. Like on F one <laughs> on easy mode, and it's like he's starting twentieth on the race and just goes passes like ten people on the first turn. <laughs> yeah. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's ridiculous. The, the car is ridiculous. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody on the grid knows the car is ridiculous. Speaking of rocket ships, I mean, or missiles, I mean, yeah. there's two of them there. Red Bull's got their own missile program. <laughs> what was funny was that after qualifying, Fernando Alonso predicted that Verstappen would be in the top two by lap 25, um, being a 50 lap race, so about halfway. Turns out he absolutely nailed it he got into second on that 25 <laughs> um and that yeah there was the help of the safety car, but and yeah the, the car yeah as you say both driver and car are unbelievable at the moment um i believe uh ted kravitz and some of the sky team actually uh, looked at the analysis of like their gap over the rest of the field and it looks to be one of one of if not the biggest deficits in f1 modern history <laughs> so wow. bit, bit scary given that we're <laughs> in round two <laughs> right but 
then we had the race. And uh, my prediction of Alonso getting the lead at turn one was immediately proven right because he is the king of starts. Um, and then immediately it all kind of fell away. So <laughs> this this is going to be relevant later. We will remember that Esteban Ocon got a penalty in Bahrain for being slightly out of position in his grid spot. <laughs> Fernando Alonso fell foul of the same thing. He was too far to the left of his pit box, uh, of his grid slot. Um, so as a result of that, he got a five-second penalty to serve during his next pit stop. Put that on ice. We'll come back to that later. Um, after a couple of laps, Perez got uh, retook the lead. Um, ultimately, even even the safety car, you know, it didn't do much. He he would ultimately just kind of cruise to victory. End of the race got a little bit weird. By this point, Max had caught back up, uh, got into second and was about five seconds behind. And there was this weird stage during the race where Sergio was saying, well, we're kind of pushing a little bit too needlessly. Are we both going to slow down like we did in Bahrain? Because, you know, there's no need for us to be pushing this hard when we're this far out. And the team didn't really do that. They just said that he was free to push. Um, And then there was... Max on the other end asking about fastest lap and whether he could go for it. The team said they didn't want to do it. Max said he did. Ultimately, he gets it on the last lap. And it looked to be a little bit tense in the cool-down room after the race where, where Sergio was like, oh, so you ha- were you not told to slow down? And Max was right. like, well, no, not really. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't want to be, you know... Um, leaning into the whole trying to make drama where there isn't any, but it does seem like there's still a bit of needle between Perez and Red Bull with regards to what he is told to do when he is in a position and what Max is told to do. It seems as though they could have, because as we say, when Max was leading in Bahrain at the end, they were both told, both of you slow down by the same amount, there's no point in racing. And yet this time, Max wasn't really told to slow down. He didn't catch him in the end because there was some threat of drive shaft problems at the end, but it, do we still think there's a little bit of unfair treatment there? Of course. Rules for thee yeah. and not for me. You know, he's the he's their star. I, I think, of course, there's going to be some favoritism going on. Well, not but only hey. that. There's, they're, they're two different driver personalities. Yeah, Max doesn't give two fucks what they say over the pit <laughs> wall. He's going to do what he wants. Right? Unless it's Unless it's going to be absolutely detrimental to the car, but he wants that extra point, hmm. you know. He didn't want he didn't want to give Sergio Perez the extra point because then that would mean wouldn't that mean that they'd be tied? Uh, yeah, believe yeah. So. No, it would it would have put Perez exactly one point ahead of him instead because mm, they would have tied. Yeah, because they they would have been tied if neither of them had got fastest lap, but whoever got fastest lap would have been the one ahead. So, yeah. Psychological advantage, I guess. Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was there was no way Max was gonna let Sergio Perez get ahead in the points. Yeah. Uh, like we're so I much faster that's than everybody else. Might as well compete yeah. in this thing. <laughs> between yep. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And 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 as we know over the last couple of seasons, Perez will take orders yeah. and and follow them to a T. And do exactly what he's told. And then I'm not saying that to say that he's a he's a bad driver or, or worse because of it. It's just two different personalities, hmm. right? And so, I I don't know. 
It, got it, Ricardo it, waiting in the background for just the slightest thing to go wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, See, that's the thing. Whether or not, whether or not it's going to cause the team to implode, as far as you know, the drivers' relationships go. I don't. I don't think that'll be that'll be the thing. You know, uh, they're 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 both going to do what they do, and and I think they both know where they stand as far as the hierarchy goes. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to know what that is, whether or not. Because I mean, Sergio's fucking fast, yeah, and he deserves a championship. But I think, but Max it, is, it's, is a different level, different level of human. Yeah, and I think that's where the advantage is because you know, we've you said it yourself. Max doesn't really care, and when he's been in the past where he's had to do team orders, he's been very reluctant or just ignored them. Whereas Sergio is in a position where he's not as fast as Max, be mm-hmm. that skill or be that suiting the car, different debate. He's not in the position where he's got the command over the team that Max has. He's a two-time champion with them. You know, if if anything's going to change, it's not going to be Max. So Sergio isn't really in a position where he can afford to start ignoring these team orders because if he starts stepping out of line, he's going to be gone because. He was exemplary in this race. Phenomenal. Like he was great. He did exactly yeah. what he needed to do. He pissed off. He drove really consistently. He was great. One probably the best race he's driven um up there with uh, Singapore last year where he was great. But it's quite rare. And most of the time he's either trailing Max in second or he's putting himself like in Bahrain where he fell into the clutches of the cars behind and ended up spending a vast majority of that race not where he should have been. So he's not really in a position where he can start yeah. being defiant because, as right. you say, Ricardo's in the wings. You know, they could they could easily at the end of the season say, "Dad, you know what, Sergio, the the team harmony you brought us, it's not really working anymore." So, yeah, yeah. it's it's an awkward situation. Do you see the the video when the 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 team celebration where Sergio's going over to the mm-hmm. Red Bull, <laughs> Max's dad standing there very awkward. Like, do I it, like touch his arm? Nope. Okay, just look at the camera. You weird. can okay, celebrate, yeah. Josh. Your team <laughs> right. won. Exactly. Man. That's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, he just he, <laughs> his look to the camera was like, and his arms across. <laughs> Jeez. Just like Yoss, when it's... when when Checo, what what happened in, in Mexico to Checo? Checo didn't win, did he? He got pole or got a podium in in Mexico or something, uh, and and Sergio's dad came out and was given it like he he kissed Seb on the cheek, right? You know, <laughs> you can celebrate, Joss. It's okay, right? It, you know, you don't have to be this steel trap mm. all the damn time, unless your son's winning. Yoss is one of my least favorite people in the paddock, so. The least we talk about him, the better, really. He's just not a great person. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we Sergio ended up winning by five seconds ahead of Max. There was a safety car in the middle that, that uh, you know, I think if, if the safety car had been there, Sergio would have won by a bit more. Um, but ultimately, even uh, even whilst Max was still slowing down with his drive shaft problem in qualifying, we all thought, yeah, he's probably going to finish at least second. So, you know, it was kind of expected. Um once again, and I feel like this is going to be a trend for much of the season, the, the real fun was third on back. Um, Fernando Alonso ended up finishing third on the podium. 
we'll get onto that. Um, he took his five second penalty, um, stop go penalty under the safety car, which was perfectly fine. Um, we'll get back to that. <laughs> he ended up, Mercedes ended up looking pretty quick here, better than Ferrari, which isn't saying yeah. much. Ferrari ended up finishing sixth and seventh with the Mercedes fourth and fifth. But the, the strange thing was coming toward the end of the race when all of a sudden George Russell was told to try and stay within five seconds of Alonso because they thought a penalty was coming for him. Nobody really knew what that was for at the time because there hadn't been anything up on the screen saying under investigation or anything like that. So a bit weird. Ultimately, Alonso crosses the line uh, 5.1 seconds ahead of Russell with another five or so seconds back to Hamilton. And then you have Sainz and Leclerc in sixth and seventh. Just after the podium, or I believe it was actually during the podium ceremonies, it said Alonso is under investigation for improperly serving his penalty. His five second penalty during the pit stop. It can, it turns out that whilst waiting those five seconds, the rear jack touched the back of the car at the point where they would lift it up. Just after the podium, just after they've sprayed the rose water and all of the celebrations, it turns out that Alonso has been given a 10 second penalty for improperly serving or not serving his penalty because they touched the car. Technically, they worked on the car thus moving Russell onto the podium and Alonso down to fourth. Then another couple of hours passes. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, you know, the original incident happened on lap 20. Mm-hmm. You know, still like 60% of the race left to go. It doesn't get investigated until the final lap. It doesn't get penalized until after the podium. And then two hours later, Aston Martin go up to the FIA and are like, mate, we've got like pictures of seven different times where rear jacks had touched the car and there was no agreement that a jack touching a car constitutes as working on it. Right. Can we has our podium back, please? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, go on then. Why not? Um, so again, another several hours after the Grand Prix, the podium gets given back. Formula that one, one Instagram was really complicated. Yeah. Oh, F1 Instagram was really interesting during that time, right? Because you had back and forth. (laughs) Fernando Alonso posting pictures of him doing the podium ceremony. And then you had Mercedes posting pictures of George, like cuddling the trophy, like, oh, look at the new baby. And then uh, and then a couple hours later, you had Fernando Alonso clapping back at Mercedes like, hey, you missing something? (laughs) It was it was. Yeah, it was definitely interesting for those few hours after the Grand Prix. I liked that there's they did a um, you know post race interview with Alonso, and it was as the, they found out that he was at that point getting the penalty. Um, and I thought it was so cool. If you look at him, he's just grinning from ear to ear. He, like whether he got third or fourth, I think he's just so happy to be in the second fastest car out on the on, on the track. Um, I think that really said something to me. I mean, he was like, oh, yeah, hey, just laughing like, oh, yeah, fourth, third, you know, just uh, I'm happy to be here. And I think that that, um, you know, I, I think Aston Martin should should see that and be proud that, hey, you know, they've made this guy happy. Who's been mm. very grumpy for the last how many? Ten years. So. Yeah. I think that's a very good point, though, because um, whereas in Bahrain, Ferrari looked to have the measure of Aston Martin but fell off on the long-run pace, and then Leclerc 
had his uh, mechanical issues. This weekend, Aston Martin square up, as you say, looked faster than everyone but Red Bull. They had Mm -hmm. the second fastest car. If it weren't for Lance Stroll's uh, issues earlier in the race, I feel like they would have been third and fourth ahead of the Mercedes. And perhaps with Lance Stroll in the mix as well, that he could have backed up Russell and Hamilton away from Alonso to completely negate any of these penalties. You know, a lot of Stroll's pass around the outside on science in the middle sector was top draw. Like that car, I'll be honest, heading into this, I was thinking, oh, I don't think they're going to do as well here. It looked to be that their long run pace was the big thing, but that was mainly out of traction zones, uh, like how often they were running over people in Bahrain. This track doesn't really have that. And yet they were the second fastest car comfortably with Ferrari mired behind Mercedes. No wonder Alonso smiling. As you say, 10 years of, of of being in cars that didn't really suit where he should be. Right. And now he's got the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't think he really cared whether it was third or fourth. Yeah, you know, there was the big thing about oh, it's his one hundredth podium in Formula One. But with the car acting as it is at the moment, he would have only had to wait until the next race, to right. be honest. Because right. that car is I it it's gonna be on the podium more often than not this year, and I'm still convinced it's gonna win a race. Um, but yeah, the more frustrating thing was just once again, formula one, the FIA showcasing how needlessly complicated everything is Right, like a rear jack touching the back of a car. That's a penalty. Oh no, wait, it isn't. Now they're going to have to, they're they're having a meeting prior to the Australian Grand Prix in two weeks time where they're going to clarify the rule. The yeah, entire think, rule book just needs rewriting. <laughs> I was about to say, do you think they'll rewrite that rule or codify it? Codify it? They'll probably it. rewrite it, I imagine, or um, at least can't touch it. anything right. with anything. It it makes me laugh that that wasn't just what they had written in the rule book in the first place. Like, yeah, what what why? Like, so they they were saying that the agreement they had about rear, uh, about jacks was that the front jack was allowed to touch to make sure that the car had stopped in the correct position prior to serving its penalty. Makes sense from a safety standpoint. Had, yeah, but they had never made an agreement about the rear jack, which is where the loophole comes in. So may, maybe they need to make it so that, um, you know, you serve the penalty after doing the work on the car. So, you know, that encourages everyone to step back away from the car. It's safer because no one's around the car anymore. Right, and then yep. you just have the lollipop guy. So as soon as, as, soon as work, the last guy has finished touching the car, Stopwatch starts, five seconds, boom, out you go. No one's touching but the car. Then, they don't need to anymore. Yeah, yeah. But then you're going to have to have like a concise way of deciding when work stops. Right? Like it's easy to tell when a car stops. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, a car comes in, hits the brakes, car stops rolling, stopwatch starts. You know, uh, how are you going to be able to concisely say when a guy raises his hand or or what is there a button there's there a button on the gun or something that says that they, they're done i believe there is yeah because there, there's some kind of system where they know when everything is disconnected so they could do that or you know they're not using the way bridge during the race so why not have a pit box open at the way bridge where you serve your penalties yeah Something like that, you know. Either way, you could just make it no one touches the damn car whilst there's a fucking penalty. Like, who cares right. if you overshoot yeah. the box? If you're stationary in your box, no matter where you are, for five seconds, job done, you know. Yeah. It's not a thing that happens. Like, this sort of 
needless complicated penalty system doesn't happen in any other motorsport series. It's just Formula One. And it's the same when it comes to, you know, letting lap cars through at the end of a Grand Prix, how many lap cars you let through, you know, that doesn't happen in any other series. Well, well, how are you supposed to be pretentious about your sport if you don't have these overly complicated rules? Exactly. There it is. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's the pinnacle of motorsport, and that means you need a master's degree to understand what the rules say. I I love the shit out of Formula One. Oh, same. You know, I love the sports. Uh, Great. But God damn, so pretentious. It's so the whole thing. It is. And but you know, it's it it was it wasn't look, NASCAR was started, as we all know, by guys out running the cops, you know, running running whiskey and shit illegally. It was a bunch of redneck good old boys. Uh Formula One was started by billionaires kids. You know, it was all started by 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 millionaires. It's 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 a it's racing for a different reason, you know. Uh, And so you're just you're just gonna have this in that sport in Formula One with these overly complicated rules and and just consistently giving people reason to be like, oh well, this is why we're better than everyone else and all the other sports and blah 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 blah. You know, it it's how it is. It's how it's gonna be, but. Yeah, I think they need to figure that shit out with the uh yeah. with the uh who can touch the car when during penalties and all that stuff. Yeah. So other than that, you then had the Mercedes, as we, as we said, uh fourth for George Russell ahead of Lewis Hamilton in fifth. Um we'll talk a little bit about Lewis Hamilton in a moment. Um Ferrari, sixth and seventh after having should have been third and fourth in Bahrain due to tire wear. This race, they just did not have any race pace at all. Charles Leclerc managed to make his way up from 12th, but then Carlos fell back from, I think he qualified 4th or 5th and ended up 6th and 7th no, for Ferrari. Just really disappointing. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. seen them be the only people that could match Red Bull consistently last year to dropping potentially behind Aston Martin and Mercedes now. It's not looking good, no. uh, to say the least. <laughs> Then you've got, um, after them, you had Alpines, both of them, 8th and ninth, um, Ocon and Gasly. It looked like they were going to have their first kind of flashpoint when they almost made contact, but they didn't. So um, Otmar Safnauer gets to keep his hair for another week. <laughs> and um, <laughs> final points of position going to Kevin Magnussen after a really good fight with Yuki Tsunoda in the last few laps. That was really entertaining. Um, oh, that was a great pass. That was awesome. Really good. Magnussen's that was really a great pass, pass on him. Oh, yeah. spice. What and then Yuki in the radio? He says, "Fuck!" Is that what he said? I guess <laughs> something like that. They, they, they flash his radio, <laughs> and it man, like that gets hot headed. Like, <laughs> that I I love Yuki to death. He, that, that kid is hot headed. Mm-hmm. He 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 yells a lot. <laughs> I like it. Um, further back, uh, it wasn't a very good weekend for McLaren again. Um, Oscar Piastri 15th. He got through to Q3, which was quite good, but um, they just, again, kind of fell apart. Um, he did finish ahead of Lando Norris. It was quite interesting at the toward the end of the race. McLaren actually told Lando to let Oscar through, even though they weren't fighting for anything, which was interesting. But, you know, they seem relatively evenly matched. It's just a shame they're evenly matched in 15th and 17th at the moment. Right. Um, only two retirements from the race. Alexander Alban um, retired early, uh, which was a shame because he seemed to have relatively good pace as well. The Williams continuing to be more 
qu- quicker than we thought it was going to be. And um, Lance Stroll, uh, the uh, cause of the safety car after his car stopped. Safety car was another interesting decision from the FIA. It really didn't need to be a safety car in retrospect. No. They I said it was because they either. didn't know where he was. They said the GPS of the car said he was still on track. <laughs> that surprises. So in Sky F1, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, they give us the ability to ride on board with any car at any time during the race uh, by pressing yep. the red button or whatever. So if we can ride on board with any car at any time, how come the FIA aren't able to tell where Lance Stroll's car is on track? That's a very good point. Because he you was could... very clearly behind the battery. <laughs> yeah, you could tell when 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 they cut to the shot of him in the car and he's and the turn that he was in is a left-handed turn and there's a barrier on his left side. Yeah. He's backwards he on green behind a bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was well <laughs> yeah. out of the way. You could, you could tell he was behind. Like, There's a lot of clues, FIA. <laughs> what, what happened I, with him? I, I saw that they, they, essentially bukkakeed the whole front of the car with the fire extinguishers. <laughs> um, it, it was just that thing got basted like a cake. Uh, I don't know whether they've even was, said was yet. There like what was there like a brake fire or something? I don't think so. I think that the brake fire was as a result of it stopping and not having cooling. Um, I think it was Lance's tires that on the oh, brakes on the grid that looked a bit smoky as well. So they, they still haven't said, they didn't say to Alonso after the race what had happened either. It Not, not really sure. It just an odd one. It was a shame because yeah. he was, he was, like I said, I think he was on for a top, top four at least. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bemoan the FIA for, for, thinking of safety you know they didn't they couldn't be sure so they put out the safety car but it could have been covered under a vsc if you had any doubt so that's fine um so after the saudi arabian grand prix and due to getting the fastest lap verstappen has the uh championship lead by one point ahead of sergio perez with alonso third on 30 points um leclerc really far down um only with six points science is up there with 20 hamilton's on 20 russell's 18 it's early still but it's looking like it's going to be Red Bull and then Alonso and everyone else, but probably uh, at, the, at this point anyway, Alonso right. consistently the one leading the rest of them whilst Ferrari and Mercedes seem to be having an argument about it. <laughs> but yeah, it's going it, it's yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight for third on back all year, I think. And obviously next up is, is um, Australia. I think the only thing that's really stopping Red Bull at the moment or putting a question mark over them is reliability. Um, drive shaft seems to be a bit of a weakness, even at smooth tracks. So maybe a bumpier track like Albert Park, who knows what that might do to the car. So there's my best bet at hyping it up. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't a bad race. It wasn't a great race. Alonso got a podium, so I'm happy. Yep. <laughs> As is the case with most Formula One races over the past... Uh... 10 years or so <laughs> wasn't right. bad wasn't great yeah you know i enjoyed it oh look alonzo's on the podium how <laughs> weird super <laughs> um before we move on from saudi a uh, quick mention of the f2 results um we had iwasa taking the sprint race result uh, ayumo iwasa for dams taking the sprint race um that was after teo Porcher decided to pile drive Ollie Behrman at turn one and uh, taking himself out of the race. <laughs> um, 
you know, it should be Porche's championship to win this year with the experience he has and the pace he has. He's really quick. He just is very impatient and needs to sort that out. Um, at the feature race, uh, the Mercedes junior Frederick Vesti would win for Prema uh, after a number of his rivals span out, including Oli Behrman and Victor Martins. Um, but yeah, Teo Porche still leads that championship. He just needs to, yeah, it, it should be his. He just needs to you know, just bring it down a bit. You know, it's, it's fine. You're good. Just chill. Um, NASCAR. We'll talk about this very briefly because we've only got about 15, 20 minutes left of the show all of a sudden because Sebring and Formula One was quite engrossing. Um, by contrast, there was the NASCAR race. <laughs> um, Atlanta. I loved this track. There's a past tense there because... Um, <laughs> They obviously reconfigured it into a super speedway-esque kind of track last year. And it's, you know, it's super speedway racing. It's it's relatively close, you know, it's kind of exciting. But I do miss old Atlanta. You know, it's just not the same anymore. And it's like, it, it's, it's a narrow super speedway. So you haven't even got the ability to consistently run three wide around there. So like even then it's not like, it's just a slightly shitter super speedway. <laughs> and it's taken away one of the more character-filled cookie-cutter racetracks. So, um, ultimately, it was a bit of a dominant one for Joey Logano. He got pole position. Um, he lost the first stage to Austin Sindrick, I believe. Oh, no, he won the first stage, lost the second one to Austin Sindrick. And then the final lap was relatively exciting. He managed to slipstream past uh, Brad Kozlowski, who looked like he was going to win for... Um, uh, Rash Fenway, uh, Kozlowski racing, uh, but Logano managed to get the better of him and win. You know, it, it wasn't, it's it slightly, it was like Formula One, but it was more bad than good. <laughs> right. It happens. It's a NASCAR race. It was better they go than around Phoenix. in circles. See? Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't have a nap this time. So, <laughs> you know, but, um, I think the more interesting NASCAR news. So yeah, Logano Logano got his first win of the season. He's um, basically in the playoffs now. Um, whatever. Um, you had <laughs> <laughs> you had Austin Hill in the Xfinity race. He won his third race of the season. He's having a hell of a year in the twenty one car. And you had Christian Eckes um, winning the Truck Series race. The most memorable thing really about that race was the terrible commentary on the last lap where they just kind of stopped talking at turn four to the finish line. So that was kind of amusing. Um, but we've spoken about bad broadcasts a lot recently, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, the big news really around this whole NASCAR weekend, including there being a race, was um, the fines prior Hendrick Motorsports ended up getting the largest fine in NASCAR history as its four teams were penalized for... So NASCAR took their hood louvers at Phoenix Raceway. They confiscated them and took them back for um, analysis at the NASCAR R&D Center and found that they were a single-source car uh, part that had been modified. Mm. So they ended up getting um, 100 points docked. Three of the four teams got 100 points docked and 10 playoff points docked. The nine team was docked playoff points, uh, but not docked driver points because Chase Elliott's still injured and Josh Berry isn't eligible for points. And then all four Hendrick Motorsports crew chiefs were fined $100,000, meaning so the whole team got a $400,000 fine which is the biggest in series history, surpassing the 300,001 that Michael Waltrip Racing got in 2013 for race manipulation. So, wow. 
that was spicy. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but when a charter costs what it costs, is it a lot of money anymore? Like it might have been about 10 years ago, but the amount of money in NASCAR now, is it that big of a penalty I mean, really? If I got fined $100,000 right now, I'd have to sell everything I own and then some. Whereas it, a NASCAR not, team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pocket change to them, but mm. it's still a big number. That's that's oh, one sure. with five zeros behind it. Yeah. Times four. No, I'm they not the only one. <laughs> Go on. No, I'm not, I don't have that. <laughs> um they weren't the only one to get a fine for that as well. A colleague racing got um, the same penalty in the 31 team and, and docked driver points. But hilariously, um, Justin Haley hasn't scored any points yet, so he's on like minus 75 or something, um, which is... I'm sure that's got to be the first time in NASCAR history that someone's been on negative points. But um, there you go. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to look that up now. That's That'd be an interesting stat. <laughs> Um, you also had a fine for um, Denny Hamlin. So at the end of the race in Phoenix, Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, surprise, surprise, um, made contact and uh, basically fucked themselves out of the top 10, which is great. Um, afterwards, you had Denny Hamlin. So nothing happened after the race. It was just considered, you know, hard racing. Then after uh, Denny Hamlin goes on his podcast, uh, Actions Detrimental, and says basically he did it on purpose. You know, he took Ross Chastain out. And as a result of that, NASCAR then decided as a result of those comments to, um, find him for it. Nice. Um, which Denny took well, <laughs> he didn't. Um, he's basically, he, he originally just refused to comment on it. Then he's decided that he's actually going to appeal it. Um, we haven't heard the results of that yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but he was fined 50,000 and docked points for it. 25 driver points. So damn bit of a harsh bit, bit of a big penalty. I mean, it comes back to my thing, like with NASCAR, you know, we've seen so many drivers wreck people intentionally over the years and nothing be done. And yet Hamlin gets docked here. This is hardly his most egregious takeout. You know, he was never punished yeah. for deliberately like driving through Chase Elliott Mar in Martinsville when he was still driving the twenty-four. Like, and the, the, I mean, <laughs> the argument could be made that he was just saying it for entertainment purposes, right? Right. You, know, you can't take you can't take anything I say on a podcast seriously. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit much. That's a bit much, and, and I mean, our lawyers. I've always been under the assumption that it's okay to wreck somebody in NASCAR. You just got to know if that person that you wrecked gets put in the same position you were in, in the next race, you're probably going in the wall, mm -hmm. you know, payback's a bitch and it exists in NASCAR. It always has. Mm. And so I'm just, I'm, unless he like came across the grass to take the guy out, the walls. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't see where, where the problem is, but yeah. it is what it is. Maybe, maybe NASCAR saw the formula one race and was like, Ooh, I bet we can do one too. One of these like <laughs> weird, weird point deductions. And that wasn't even the last questionable NASCAR decision because during the 
during the aforementioned Xfinity race, you had another strange rule and a protest happen. Um, during this race, you had Josh Williams, who was driving uh, the number 91 car, I believe it was. The 92 Chevrolet. Um, one out. I was, I was close. Um, he was involved in a wreck, which forced them to have to make repairs to his car. You know, NASCAR repairs. Really, really, you know, fine tune. They put tape. They put a shit ton of tape over it. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back out. They green flag the race again. A bit of debris falls off of his car, and it causes another caution. As a result of that, NASCAR park him. They say, right, you're done. You caused another caution whilst you were under the damage vehicle policy. you got to park up. You're done. Williams being incensed with this because, you know, the damage vehicle policy isn't the most popular thing in the world because it's designed to stop there being loads of cautions, but then it just forces teams to rush their repairs, which means they're more likely to cause cautions. <laughs> and, you know, in some instances, a car that could get back out on the track and compete ends up getting parked for no reason. That's what Josh Williams felt as he decided that NASCAR hadn't told him where to park. So he parked on the start finish line, walked out <laughs> of his car and walked back to the pits. I love With it. his mullet and all of its glory shaking around. Yeah. That's, that's appropriate. So I'm out. That's appropriate. It was, it was such a cool thing. That was an amazing thing. So he was then summoned to the hauler where he remained for several hours after the race. Um, I believe at the moment we still don't know the outcome. There was a hilarious exchange on pit road where they were like, he was like, what are they going to do? Find me? I can't afford to pay it. Denny Hamlin then comes <laughs> out and is like, I'll pay the fine. Cause Denny Hamlin hates NASCAR as well. Um, yeah. Damage vehicle policy isn't great. They need to get rid of it. And Josh Williams is a badass. Yep. <laughs> Keep him in the sport. It ultimately Logan. ends up being a win for him because more people have spoken about him now, really than they have quite for quite a while. And Ever yeah. probably, yeah. I think he gained like five thousand Twitter followers since Good. parking his his uh, car there. Oh, five thousand and one so. now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Good. Whatever. I'm, I'm my hero. Yeah, I was just. I'm. I'm glad. It's all. It's all great entertainment. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, no, no publicity is bad publicity. Uh, exactly. In the world of the sport, right? Uh, and, and sometimes in NASCAR, it, it turns out that the bad publicity is the best thing that can happen to your career. <laughs> yeah. You, you just know that whatever punishment they give him, if they suspend him, which I'm sure they're probably going to do because NASCAR sure. killjoy dictators, um, you know that there's going to be somebody waiting at the other end of that suspension saying, get in our car. We like you. We like your yeah, spirit. Fuck yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Denny Hamlin's going to make sure he doesn't have to pay a fine. So yeah, <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be okay. You know, at the end of the day, he'll have a seat and nothing's going to come out of his pocket. So I'm, I'm glad he did it. Do it yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a, you know, the off track action was kind of more entertaining than the on track action this week in NASCAR, but that should change this coming weekend. Cause they're at Cota. And as we've s spoken about in last shows, you got Jensen, you got Kimmy going there, Jordan Taylor in the nine. And it's NASCAR's on a road course, so it tends to be spectacular. So we'll we'll I'll be watching for sure. It'll be better there, I'm sure. Um I one I just go on. I just got a notification <laughs> about a tweet from or I guess it's a Facebook post from uh Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh they posted this. Hey Josh, we'll hold your spot. 
<laughs> that is amazing we will post that on our twitter um so yeah. you can see that as well that is fantastic excellent um one final bit of nascar news before we run through the final few uh, quick stories before the end of the show um this is cool so obviously kevin harvick's in his final year he's retiring at the end of the season he's announced that at north wilkesboro for the all-star race he's going to run the 29 uh, once again the uh, number he used to run with teams that I cannot remember because I wasn't watching NASCAR at the time. <laughs> um, who would it have been? Who would it have been? Oh, Richard Childress. He ran the 29 for them, obviously, because he took over from Dale. So that's cool. Nice. <laughs> I'm excited to see that track come back. That's going to be a good race, I think. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it's just going to look great on TV. Oh, for sure. Even and if it's not, even if it's not like great as far as on track action, I think it will. Uh, the 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 views of the race is going to be yeah are going to be good i'm i'm convinced that the all-star race is going to be good enough that they're just going to put north wilkesboro back on the calendar as a points paying race i'm i'm sure that's going to please happen. it's a piece of history man. it's such it's a like, cool story yeah especially as i racing was heavily involved in bringing it back mm-hmm. as well so yeah they went amazing. and weeded that track by hand because of a tweet that dale put out so yeah let's keep it around it's it's just so cool it's such a good story so yeah that's in may just before um the coca-cola 600 and all of that so gonna be may is such a good month for motorsport i can't wait until we get around to that um and speaking of the month of may we have an indianapolis 500 driver announcement that was a good segue i didn't even plan that um Ryan Hunter Ray, the 2014 Indy 500 winner, is coming back after a couple of years. Uh, he's going to be racing for Dreyer and Reinbold Racing in the number 23 car. And that car could well be in the mix. Dreyer and Reinbold have been pretty good for a one off entry for quite a few years now. And Hunter Ray's won the damn thing. So, yeah, cool to see Captain America come back. <laughs> um what else do we have we very have uh you may remember during st petersburg one of the big airborne wrecks we had jack harvey looked like he was getting out of the car quite gingerly um he missed a test recently at barber motorsports park that uh, ray holland and Mananigan had to get uh yuri vips in to drive for him in that test because his um i believe it was his shoulders or his arms um were injured in the crash um, he's yeah. now been cleared to return for Texas, which is good news because awesome. that was a very scary crash at St. Petersburg. Yeah. All of the crashes there were terrible. All of them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's um, excellent. And, and that would have been like the second year in a row he would have missed Texas as well because he got a concussion in practice last year. So, I, I, you know, that place kind of owes him a race for once. <laughs> Um, and in the last few moments, it's uh, basically just an expansion of something we spoke about earlier with Formula One. So we mentioned Mercedes. Um, and obviously, it's fair to say they aren't where they want to be right now. They've made they've not made a secret about this. I wanted to bring this up because it's one of the more interesting quotes I've ever heard from a team principal. But Toto Wolf basically said that... Um, he doesn't think that Lewis will leave Mercedes, but he says that if Mercedes aren't able to give him a car that he can fight with, he should consider leaving or looking elsewhere, or it should slash would consider. It's odd for a team principal yeah. to comment about mm-hmm. that. That is weird. You can go to uh, Aston yeah. Martin. 
<laughs> I would love that. Alonzo and then Hamilton. That's never worked bad Scroll, before, sorry, has it? buddy. Your dad <laughs> fired you. <laughs> but no, what if yeah, it's going to be weird. I I thought it was weird that Angela Cullen left. Yeah. That is right? weird, isn't it? And that was so, well, well, I don't think she left. She may have gotten fired. It seems to suggest that way, doesn't it? It's, it's a really right. odd situation. So, uh, I, I was I was looking in on a conversation in another Discord. I was watching some people talk about it. I didn't really have anything to add to the conversation, so I was just reading it. But uh, one of our one of our friends, Skylar, said that he uh, just from experience of working with the uh, motocross supercross world that when uh, a rider stops performing the way that they should be, the first person to go is the physio, hmm. right? Uh, because you know, it's their fault that they're not keeping the, the rider or the driver at, at peak performance and all that. And some of the stuff that I read from Lewis Hamilton, I can't remember where I read it or even exactly what it said, but it alluded to the fact that he let her go. Right. Yeah. But also you have all these posts saying that she's moving off to bigger and better things and, and other, you know, parts of the world or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it was very strange. It's going to be weird. I mean, it, it, it was weird to see Lewis Hamilton walking around without Ange. Right. And, you know, she's been, she's been a part of his life for the last, what, seven years? Mm. And I don't know. It, it was just, it, the, the news just happened suddenly and there were like conflicting comments about whether or not she left or whether she was fired by Lewis or by Mercedes or, or what was going on. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll hear some more about it uh, here in the next coming weeks when, when people start talking. Yeah. Or we'll have it, to wait till drive to survive next year. Oh God. <laughs> oh, they're just, they're just going to make it seem <laughs> terrible. Yeah. She didn't uh, pick up Roscoe one like time. Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she kicked his dog or something. <laughs> Good heavens. That's, I mean, that's that's what they'll do. That's what they'll make it sound. Right. But it does make you wonder, because like, I, I've said, I've got this belief that, you know, Mercedes have already spoken about potentially writing off this season um, to focus on next year. And you've got to wonder, when you're at Lewis Hamilton's point of his career and he's won seven championships... There's nowhere else on the grid really where he can go that he's going to win another championship because he's not going to get in at Red Bull, let's be honest. Hell no. Aston Martin, you know, yeah, they're the second fastest car at the moment, but they last year they were the eighth fastest, so they could fall as quickly as they could rise. Ferrari were close and are now behind Mercedes, so why would you move? At least kind of temporarily, Mercedes are in this flux with Ferrari. So you've either got to stay at Mercedes, risk writing off a whole nother year of your career, with the hope that next year the car will be better. And that's the hope because you can't guarantee right. that, you know, at what point does he maybe consider, maybe I've just got to retire. And I, I, it's, it's not a case of he doesn't have the ability to do it anymore because he clearly does. He's still one of the best racing drivers that formula one has ever had. And he's still capable. It's just at what point do you, commit to doing a Fernando Alonso and driving for loads and loads of bad teams until you luck out on one of them is good. Or at what point do you say, I'm going to leave whilst I'm still relatively, I'm still closer to my successful period than I am further away. Do you think the retirement's on the horizon? 
I'd be willing to bet that if they're able to get him a win this year, he'll retire. And I've the the more this goes on, and the more the team looks further away from winning than they are close to. I don't know. I just feel like I, I kind of hope he retires, and I like Lewis. I'm a fan of his, but you know, the longer he goes in the situation where he's not able to win, the more he risks doing damage to his reputation that he, he shouldn't be like, there shouldn't be any question about his reputation because he's really good, but people can't help, but remember what the most recent fit, you, you know, you're only remembered for your right. last races and your last seasons. Right. So <clears throat> the longer it goes on, you wonder how long it takes before more question marks start coming up about him. Absolutely. But yeah. On that, we'll see puzzling note. I think it's time for us to end. If you have any thoughts on um, what we've been talking about in this podcast, be it super Sebring, be it questionable nudity in the camping areas, be it, <laughs> be it f- the FIA's overcomplicated rules or Lewis Hamilton's future. Let us know um, at the um, at into the paddock. That's the number two on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and you can find links to where you can listen to the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you check those out. Um, also, as we said earlier, be sure to check out at uh, Mad Sim Racer on Twitter and uh, MadSimRacing.com. Uh, you can also find links to the Into the Apex podcast network um, at IntoTheApex.com, I believe. And then you can check out all our sister shows and our video uh, segments. As we said, um, proceed with caution there. Um, <laughs> we're also all on Twitter and uh, various social medias. I'm at JGrows1996. Uh, Mr. Greg. Uh, you can find me at Speed Rat Racing on pretty much everything Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And, and I'm at Javik JE on Twitter, J E V I C K J E, and John Javicki elsewhere. And a quick shout out to JD for filling in for me. Uh, yeah. Last week, a little bit of a family emergency, and I thought he did excellent. So we're all thankful for. Our boy JD and and uh, I'm sure it wouldn't. Be, it's not going to be his first nor last time on the podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah. Thanks, bud. That is true. <laughs> he did a great job. That is it for this week's episode. Join us next week where we will be talking about all sorts of more racing, Kota, NASCAR, all sorts of stuff. We're also going to be really tired because we're all racing the I Racing Seabrook 12 this week. So um, look yep. forward to hearing as to whether we're disappointed um, happy or just tired or all of the above um, but until that take care everybody and see you next time thank you for listening to Into the Paddock by the ITA Podcast Network join us next time for more provocative motorsport talk